Hello, church family. Uh, we finally reached the end of the book of Acts, and uh, what a joy it's been to be able to uh, study this with you. Um, it's uh, amazing just to think about how this book here, uh, we started over a year ago, um, and we're reaching the end. We have, uh, uh, I think, maybe two more sections to go. Uh, so we're really going to start with uh, chapter 28, um, verse 1 here. And uh, if you just recall, this is the part where Paul is finally uh, reaching uh, Rome. And uh, before he got there, he was a shipwreck, and the people did not think that um, people did not think that uh, uh, Paul was uh, right. They, 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 Paul told them and warned them to do not go at this certain time and place because they're going to be destroyed. And then they didn't listen. And then what ended up happening was they. The ship was was wrecked. Uh, there was a storm, and they were trying to get out of it. But Paul ended up having to stand up and rise to the role of a leader to instruct the people to not worry, and that because God is going to prove Himself, God's going to uh, keep them all safe. They're going to lose the boat, but they're all going to be safe. And that's actually a prophecy all the way back uh, uh, in the Acts, because um, it was in Acts twenty three or twenty four where uh, Paul was supposed to go to Rome. Uh, this is Acts chapter 23, verse 11. Uh, Paul is told by the Lord to take courage, for as you have been solemnly witness to my cause at Jerusalem, so you must witness at Rome also. So Paul knew that he was not going to die. And from then all the way to this point, it's been several years. And oftentimes we know that God's fulfillment it, to us may seem like a long time, but in God's sovereign plan, it, it it's it doesn't happen like a day it could be a thousand years and a thousand years a day you know like time does not um matter to the lord but everything is according to god's timing uh so paul knew that he's going to get to rome and there was a shipwreck here paul uh here as he's leading uh these prisoners and even these roman uh, uh soldiers uh he leads uh he leads them he serves as a leader here because everyone's scared um, now they finally reached, they were safe and they're brought into this place called Malta, which is where we're looking at. We're looking at verse one to ten today, and then uh, we'll finish off the chapter or the rest of the book um, uh, on our next episode. But here we go, Acts chapter twenty. When they had been brought safely through, then we found out that the island was called Malta, and uh, Malta was uh, is a place that they knew, and the only real reason they realized it was um, they landed on a different part of Malta. It's kind of like if uh, if we were trying to go to San Francisco and our ship wrecked, and then we landed maybe in like Oakland, and wondering, oh, where's this? Oh, okay, so this is actually Oakland. You may not recognize it. So you cross the bridge. Okay, then that's uh, we're still in the bay. That's kind of like that. They 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 landed in a part of an island that they were not familiar with. Malta was a place that there uh, were uh, it was an inhabited place, so it wasn't like a place that didn't have um, like a colony or people that lived there. We know this because in verse two, the natives uh, showed us extraordinary kindness for because of the rain that set in and because of the cold they kindled the fire received us all so uh the greek uh the, you know the word native here in, in, in the nasb and i think other translation maybe use like barbarians um and you know that's a, not the best translation in terms of barbarians but i think the natives is a better uh idea but that's just the way that greek use and the greek describe anyone that isn't Roman as a, as a foreigner or barbarian or an alien or, or uh, but that's not right in, in this context here is more like the name of the people that are in Malta uh, and what is fascinating that Malta is a place known as in the way it would means is refuge uh, so it's almost like Luke has this play on word here that 
they're going to find refuge in a place called refuge. Uh, so they're, they're there, and then the the, the people that are inhabited, the native people there, was extraordinarily kind to them. And um, you know, back then, hospitality was a big deal. And um, and we know that even uh, non-believers can sometimes do things that the Bible expects of Christians. Christians all are called to be hospitable and kind and welcoming uh, to people that um, that they don't know. Uh, to, they're called to be hospitable to strangers because they don't know if whether or not these uh, people that we uh, are hospitable to can be even angels. So these natives, these non-Christians here, they, they see Paul, they see all these 200 so or so individuals, and they... Uh, uh, are are kind to them. Verse 3, But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat, uh, fastened itself on his hand. So uh, this was a poison snake. It, it bit Paul. And just a quick observation here that um, you know, Paul, again, he's leading as well as serving at the same time. He was leading out in the storms to get to the shore and to Malta. And now that he's actually at Malta, he is a servant leader. Uh, he, he's out there gathering sticks to serve those around him. Uh, and that's a guess, example for us as leaders as well, that we can't expect other people that we lead um, to uh, follow us unless we can demonstrate and show them uh, an example of servant. Uh, of a servant. Verse 4, When the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they began saying to one another, Undoubtedly this man is a murderer, and, through, and though he has been saved from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Now this is interesting because... Um, they this I think reveals their theology and they they have this kind of retribution type of theology where um, if you do something evil then you get uh, punished for it and when they saw Paul get bitten by the snake they assumed that this guy must have been some sort of murderer because death is a consequence of killing another person's life uh, and it says that well even though he may have survived the sea justice does not allow him to live and justice here even though it's lowercase in the Nazbi is actually uppercase in the sense that that's actually a god. One of the goddesses of that culture was a uh, goddess of just called justice, and it's exactly how what you think it is. Like you do something wrong, you get punched exactly for that. So they assumed that that was about Paul. However, verse five, that he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm, uh, and that was something that was not was very unexpected. Verse six, but they had that, but they were expecting that he was about to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had waited a long time and then seen nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and began to say th uh, that he was a god. Now, this is very interesting because it shows you that um, I think this is the nature of all human beings, but particularly false religion. Um, they don't really hold on to it. It's very fickle. Um, they see, they first assume that he was a murderer, then all of a sudden he survives and then they assume he's a god. But there is something that I think Paul does that, that shows him that he isn't a god, but rather he's a servant of the real, true god. Um, and we'll see that when he does the miracles in this next portion here, verse 7. Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the leading man of the island named uh, Publius, uh, who welcomed us and entertained us uh, courteously three days. So um, this is the same kind of idea where the people, are just, it seems like they're very hospitable people. Uh, when I went to on one of the short-term ministries, I realized that that's actually... This this kind of hospitality is generally the same uh, to all in, in other cultures. It's it's very normal for some of the European cultures to be very open 
and hospitable. That's just the way the culture is. It's not like us in the Western, um, or in America at least, uh, we tend to be more uh, isolated and secluded. But there are places in the world that, uh, that are willing to be um, kind to strangers. And we see this here with these natives here in Malta. And this one particular person, uh, Publius, he's, um, uh, he, he, inter he, he, he must have been rich because it says that he, he has all of these people uh, for three days. Uh, verse 8, and it happened that f the father of Publius was laying in bed afflicted with uh, recurrent fever and dysentery. Uh, and Paul went in to see him, and after he had prayed, he laid his hand on him and healed him. Now this is, uh, you know, Paul was being uh, hospitable, and he sees like this one person's dad is sick, and he heals them. And what's very fascinating is that he prays first, and this I think that he does this so that he can show that what he's about to do has nothing to do with his ability. The snake well, well, earlier that was also not his ability; he just shook it off. But here. Uh, he wants to show and to show everyone that the God that he worships is the one true God. Uh, Paul is an ancient agent of God, and he is not God himself. So he prays so that people can know that um, this is God's power being shown. And again, if you just think about it, the shipwreck, uh, to the snake bite, and to this healing now, all of these are, are, are surround Paul because he's the real the instrument. But Paul is really directing everything to the Lord. Everything that's going on points to the fact that the God that he worshiped is the one true God. And again, that's what he's trying to do. That's God's providence in delaying, or, uh, in our eyes, delaying um, uh, from going from one place to another. Because again, Paul's will go to Rome. It's just, a, there's a giant detour here. But God, uh, but the Lord is using this as a me means to uh, win people to Christ. And we see this because, verse 9, after this had happened, the rest of the people on the island who had uh, diseases were coming to him and getting cured. But they uh, they also honored us with many marks of respect, and when we were setting sail, they supplied us with all we needed. So it seems to imply, especially even in verse eleven, we're not going to get there too much of that uh, today. But in verse eleven, it said that at the end of three months, we set sail to Alexandria. So during these three months, uh, Paul must have been healing all these people, and it seems to be in church history according to church tradition and church history, that uh, Publius was actually the first pastor of Malta. Um, at least that's the name. And and you can kind of infer that maybe this is the same guy um, that uh, that God probably brought Paul and everyone to Malta. He, he heals the people. He shares the gospel with them. And then uh, he builds a church. And this is he does this in three months. And, and this three months time that he was there, Paul was uh, teaching and teaching and teaching to the point that there was a church there. Now, obviously, not everyone got saved, but there was at least enough people that um, that that they were able to supply all their needs. This is what Christians usually do. It, it, it's 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 kind of like they were hospitable and kind before, but now they have a, re, a, a even greater reason to support uh, Paul uh, and every and, and even Paul's ministry um, because they understand that now they are worshippers of the one true God. And I do believe that that's what Paul was doing. He evangelized to these people. They get saved. Now there's a church there, and uh, Paul still hasn't isn't done with God. Uh, what isn't done in terms of what God wanted him to do? Because Paul wanted him, uh, God wanted Paul to go to Rome to to you know encourage the people there and even witness to um, the Roman emperor at the time. Uh, so this is just a fascinating thing that. God in in this great detour, seemingly detour in ours, but God used this to help establish a church there in Malta. 
And I think that's just a good reminder for us as Christians that when we think about life, and that sometimes there are things that we think are just like a hindrance, uh, but we need to take advantage of those hindrances. Sometimes the reason why uh, things don't go our way is because God want, is trying to move us to some other place. And as long as we're constantly entrusting ourselves and being mindful and aware of the of the moment that God, that we have, we can take advantage of the glory of God for gospel opportunities. You know, I'm sure there's, you're going to ev- eventually encounter someone that may be inconvenient to you, but you need to not grumble in your heart, but be appreciative that God has given you just as any type of opportunity. Uh, you might have a plan to do something, and the Lord might take that plan away, but trust that God is going to use that uh, for His uh, purposes. And I think that's what's going on here. We see how Paul, uh, I mean, he was supposed to go to Rome several chapters ago, but yet God has brought him through one event to another event, another event, another event, while still maintaining his promise of bringing Paul to Rome. And each time he went, he showed the world and all the people around him that the God that he worshiped is real. And may that be a challenge for us. And may that be a challenge for us. And we think about our life. Then we may, uh, um, in this context right now, this the time of this recording, um, you know, our, you know, our, our, our state is allowed uh, to lift certain mandates, and that's good. And it might be that this may be like this for a little bit, for a while, or for a little longer. And then it might revert it back again. And just understand, it's just to have that flexibility. Uh, be willing to adapt to the circumstance. And don't let the circumstance be, uh, discourage you. Take courage in knowing that God is using every little moment in our life uh, for His divine purposes. And sometimes we miss those opportunities because we spend so much time wishing we were somewhere else. And Paul here was not like that. He was faithful. He was faithful no matter where he was. He met. He went to this island. He served them. He represented God. He healed people. He, he shared the gospel. He evangelized. He built churches. And he just had the, such a strong mindset of like, I know wherever I go, I need to represent God and make disciples of all nations. And I hope that, that's, that this is something we can learn from this, that we are people who are fully aware of where we are at the present moment, and we do all things for the glory of God. Now we've reached this part, and finally, in the next section, we will see how God fulfills His promise by bringing Paul to Rome. Thanks for listening. Hope that this is helpful. Take care. Have a great day.